Hello listener, uh, Nick here with another episode of Two Grown Men, another weird episode of Two Grown Men. Uh, last week's was heavily scripted, almost entirely scripted. Um, still not sure what people thought of that, uh, but it was certainly fun to do. It was meant to be the easy option, but it ended up taking me about two hours to do the script to the extent that I was happy with because I was procrastinating watching TV at the same time and uh, and then actually doing the script like performance was fine uh, but then editing it down was a little bit wonky as well um, you can hear a kettle going in the background you might be able to hear my dogs uh, drinking and uh, I am on a very yes thank you Anya yes thank you take your manicure out of the room please thank you uh, I'm on a very, very tight time budget, uh, as you have probably worked out if you listen uh, very, very regularly rather than just picking up on uh, episodes uh, after the fact. Uh, we are sort of supposed to go out on Monday. We hardly ever do go out on Monday at the moment. And uh, we've been more recently going out Tuesday, Wednesday time. And um, and obviously it's me on my own again. Uh, it, it isn't that we aren't doing the show anymore. James uh, is still committed to doing the show. Um, I'm still committed to doing the show. But uh, James is dealing with some stuff at the moment. It's um, That sounds very uh, American, doesn't it? He's dealing with some... He's dealing with some very complicated emotional stuff and health stuff, but he's also dealing with some uh, life stuff that really needs him to be present and um and actually thinking straight and stuff like that that's on a schedule uh he'll will probably never be able to talk about what it is exactly that makes it all sound very serious um it is quite serious but it's it's fine it's okay uh, it it should be over relatively soon and then hopefully we'll get back to a, a more regular sort of normal show and you won't have to listen to me every week i suppose the upside to the episode where it's just me is they're not normally quite as long um the reason I'm talking very fast is uh, I've been left alone for the night. Amy has gone out to spend some time with one of our friends. Um, and I've been left with the two boys. Noah was in bed uh, by the time she left. That was all fine. But uh, it turns out I'm not very good at bathing Max, the little one. I- I'm not great at putting him in the bath and then uh, giving him his milk and then getting him to bed and him actually going to sleep. These these are not things... I can do any one of those things quite well, but apparently I'm not great at putting them all together. If you've paid any attention to me in the last few years, you'll know that this is pretty much how I am with everything. Lots of bits of real super competence almost, but putting it all together, not so much. Um, So I'm trying to fit everything in, and... Um, I'm trying to fit fit all of the stuff I need to in. Uh, Max has gone to sleep a little while ago, and I'm trying to get some food before the next thing happens, whatever that next thing may be. So I've got some pasta cooking. We had a first barbecue of the year yesterday. That was very exciting. But now we have nothing left in the house except... See, even my phone's going off. Um, I'm really not organised at all. The, uh, the, the pasta's going because it's literally all we've got left in the house so I'm going to be having pasta with cheese maybe some tuna that's quite exciting my wife did point out we've got mackerel 
in the house, like those little tins of mackerel and sardines. She has no idea why they're there because I was allowed uh, to do some shopping and see what that sounds like is that sounds like I'm propagating the uh, beloved by advertisers and your old mum uh, idea that men are somehow crap at household stuff. That isn't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that for whatever reasons, Amy and I have settled into this routine. I think partly because she's home, um, she's home on maternity leave still, but also because she's always had the car. We've over time settled into this thing where because she's normally home sooner, because she gets hungry earlier and because she has transport, she does all the shopping, the food shopping and most of the cooking. And I am perfectly capable of doing decent cooking, but and doing decent shopping. I did it for a really long time. I didn't die for all those years I was a vegetarian and living on my own, or all those years I wasn't a vegetarian and living on my own. Uh, I clearly know how to buy food shopping, but um, we're now very much in a situation where Amy knows what we've got in the cupboards, Amy knows what we're buying, we've got a certain set amount of meals, enough to keep variety going, but a certain set amount of meals, we know what we need for them. And so I've been largely excluded from a lot of that process which means that when I go to the Tesco's up the road, which is dangerous, we've got a Tesco's Express just up the road, which is, like, incredibly expensive. Um, it's a really expensive way to shop. I always come back with, uh, I think it's five custard donuts or maybe seven custard donuts, whether we need them or not, because there are circumstances when you need custard donuts. Probably any uh, posh-sounding crisps that they've got on special offer, and uh, in this particular circumstance, I came back with two tins of uh, one of sardines and one of mackerel. Um, those aren't a thing. Those are a thing I used to eat a lot of and really like. They aren't a thing that we've really had, certainly in the last few years. So, um, But I should definitely eat some fish tonight because we've been eating a lot of chicken. Um we uh we've had i think last week we had uh a made biryani i made uh nigella's uh lemon and garlic slow roasted chicken oh my god it's gorgeous um we at that the night of eurovision friend came over to uh to watch the eurovision song contest and i uh, grudgingly watched it with them it's not something i voluntarily sat down to watch ever we used to watch it as a family when i was very young uh it's not exactly where i go to for a fun showbiz experience and it certainly isn't where i go to uh for music normally and um i have to admit i kind of really got into it not the scoring and stuff but i was quite surprised by the quality of a lot of the songs and uh and anyway so we at the slow roasted chicken that day and uh, th th there's a soup that I make it's a Greek Cypriot soup called avril lemony which uh, roughly translated means uh, eggy lemon which has a lot of chicken in and Amy's not been able to eat it while she's been pregnant because of the egg element the egg isn't entirely cooked and I appreciate that that sounds disgusting um, so pregnant women aren't really supposed to have eggs it, it, unless they're like cooked to hell and um 
and so we had that for the first time. So basically, we had all of our favourite meals last week, but it meant a lot of chicken. Plus, there was Eurovision. Uh, plus, let me just check my time. I have three minutes. Plus, all sorts of other things happened. I watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road last week. I don't think I talked about that on the podcast, because I think it happened uh, after the podcast. It's it's fucking awesome. There isn't going to be anyone listening to this, probably, who hasn't either seen it or already heard everyone going on about how awesome it is. It's uh, a film that an awful lot more progressive or left-wing people went to see than I think would normally go and see such a weird action movie. That's largely because, I think, largely because... um of this weird abortive MRA men's rights activism thing that happened immediately before the film came out where some idiots went online and started complaining about how uh, how feminazi the film was going to be and how Mad Max wasn't even in it and how this proud American macho thing was going to be ruined by uh, political correctness gone mad I think the immediate backlash to that online meant that an awful lot of people talked themselves into going and seeing the film who might not have been to see it otherwise. It's not it's not perfect on the ideological front and I've been having lots of conversations about that already and I can't really form my opinions into something cohesive enough to to go onto a podcast but um but it's certainly about I think I think the thing about it is that's so impressive is it isn't an actively misogynistic or ignorant film and it's got female characters in who are at the core of what's motivating the story but um, at the same time it's just a really well made action movie it's a really well-made uh, thriller. It's a really well-made action movie. If the action wasn't perfect in this film, I don't think people would be enjoying it as much. It's all directed really well. It's so different from all of the other action films around. So many of, so much of the effects and choreography is very uh, uh, definitive and and kinetic and and tan- like tangible and tactile. Uh, lots of cars smashing into each other. I mean, it's the narrative equivalent of a particularly switched-on uh, little kid who has boy toys, like boy dolls and girl dolls, and lots of toy cars made out of Lego, smashing them into each other, which is basically what a, a, a kid with toy cars would do anyway, I think. Um, that's what it is for, for hours. But because it isn't actually obnoxious about the way it, it treats the it treats the female characters um it, it ends up standing head and shoulders above so many other films there's definitely there's definitely a feminist leaning uh side to it but actually it's just really good if if more people made just really good films or more people just went to see action movies that had a, a female at the front of them female at the front of them, that sounds weird, that had prominent female characters. Um, I don't think Mad Max would be making the splash as a progressive film that it is. I think it, it is one of the best action films that we've had of the last couple of decades, probably. It's a really solid film. 
but um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Well, there's my time. It shouldn't be as impressive a film as it actually is, ideologically speaking. Especially because I, I think it, it bears quite a lot of similarity to Mulan Two, which is is the worst Mulan. I have to tell you. Hmm. So anyway, apparently I could talk a little bit about Mad Max Fury Road. My past is ready. There's loads of other stuff to talk about. Uh, again, none of which I re- I feel like too angry and passionate about a lot of it to talk about. Someone was posting a uh, the there's an old in the early 90s I think or late 80s there was a campaign which might even still be going going on which was an anti-censorship campaign uh, that was running in comics so there were a few uh, images which were made into t-shirts there's one really prominent one by Frank Miller of uh, a person sticking sticking plasters over a little girl's eyes and ears and nose and mouth um, saying just one more and you'll be safe the message is kind of clear. It's a very stark image. I had it on a t-shirt for a really long time. So, I mean, I had the t-shirt with it on for a really long time and then the t-shirt fell apart, as they tend to do after several years of wearing them too much. Um, And it was always quite important to me because I don't think I was working in comic shops at the time, but I was very aware of a few stories uh, that this campaign rotated around where... I think publishers or comic creators in the US were getting arrested under indecency laws. And here in the UK, we had actual comic shops having being functionally closed down and, and having their businesses taking away, taken away from them. There was a really ancient law, I think, about contamination of that, that, that was about contamination of crops and food, which meant that uh, if the, if customs went, uh, found something that they deemed indecent in your stock as a comic shop, they could, that had been imported into the country, they could impound all of your stock and then check over it over a series of months, which was actually putting comic shops out of business. We're talking about actual state sponsored censorship that was going on that set off this, uh, this campaign that was going on. And there was, I mean, this was around that this was when Frank Miller and there was a, a, a like a group of creators who were doing uh, like uh, adult comic work they were really starting the whole mature readers thing off um, although I think they'd flinch at most of them would flinch at the fact that it was the mature readers age but um, the whole graphic novel idea of comics being for grown ups too was being kicked off and so there was this campaign there was the artists against rampant government homophobia that was uh, out a protest against uh, in this country clause 28 i think it was which i think was uh, margaret thatcher's government trying to make uh, gay people register um so it, it it comes from a time when as bad as things are now things actually were darker we could our government is awful right now and they're awful in a way that's very much about profit but back then there was a uh, you know very much about making their friends very rich and making themselves very rich but back then th- there was an actual actually there still is probably but back then there was actual there was there were tangible policies that that, that were like entirely ideological um and it was pretty awful 
And so the, recently someone on one of the groups that I shouldn't really be on online uh, found this image of um, the, the Frank Miller image and uh, said that made the rather pithy comment that when all of these comic creators were campaigning against censorship, it was really powerful and we probably need them again now, what with all of the political correctness censoring comic covers like the Raphael Albuquerque one uh, from the Batgirl thing. And um, I find it pretty frustrating if you've listened to the podcast a lot uh, or, or actually the other comic podcasts podcasts I've done with James, you'll know that, that, that generally speaking, I'll end up further to the right of most of these arguments about uh, a people getting upset about um getting upset about content in in uh, in comics or or whatever it's more the outrage the nature of the outcry that i normally have a problem with i really do believe that it's our uh, duty not for everyone everyone doesn't have to do this but if we're interested in media at all it's kind of our duty to explore what that media means in all the various different ways. It might be that because I did a degree that was, well, a media degree. So uh, I come from a very academic background of uh, exploring, exploring these, these ideas, these ideological ideas or narrative ideas. And this all sounds very high handed, but what I mean is that the background I come from examining what art means isn't considered a dirty thing um but it it does frustrate me now that what we seem to have is this ongoing struggle between people who put certain readings on our comics and our tv and our films and rather than treating those as a a particular reading decide that that is the whole thing and that can be right-wing or left-wing but it's a very specific way of looking at art or entertainment and the people who think that anybody who even thinks about that stuff should be shut down uh, because it's just it's just comics it's just films you're you're making it complicated you're ruining it um and uh and I don't agree with either of those groups of people for me it's not even really a left or right wing thing uh but one thing that it <sighs> One thing that I do feel very passionately about is if you're going to start using words like censorship and you're going to start using imagery that was used to to combat or protest against very specific actual things that were happening, you have to be fucking right about it. Or when I say right, it has to actually be censorship. Someone at the Mary Sue saying something about an image that makes the person who created that image think slightly twice about it. Or that makes a company decide, well, maybe this isn't appropriate for the demographic that we hope will buy this comic. That isn't censorship. Everyone could have ignored the Mary Sue post in the first place or whichever site posts it or the Gamergate site or whatever. We don't have to pay attention to that. The fact that, just using the one example of the Batgirl cover, um, the fact that 
Raphael Albuquerque thought twice about the image once he considered the broader context of it. Or even if DC had decided that it wasn't going to impact on them, that isn't censorship. That you know that that it wasn't going to work for them in terms of who they wanted to buy the comic or who they wanted to court to buy the comic. That isn't censorship. That's capitalism. They're they're not the same thing. An actual censorship is really ugly. You know, it puts people in prison. It's uh, the I don't know. I I just. I think people need to be a bit smarter about this stuff. There you go. I wasn't going to talk about this. And I'm all rolled up. And my pasta's probably fucking overcooked. Thanks, listener. <laughs> um, hopefully James will be back next week. You can still talk to James this week. He's at James Momb on Twitter. I'm at NickSite, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. Uh, I'm probably only about as strident on Twitter as I have been in this podcast. I think I'm normally more whimsical than this. I'm sorry, listener. That's probably a, a real lapse in self-awareness, me saying that, but still. I feel all fired up. Um, I can hear my pasta going. It's very exciting. Oh, so, uh, yeah, anyway, you can uh, listen to this episode and all previous episodes of the podcast at twogrownmen.net. Uh, that's two, the number two, grownmen.net. There are full show notes for a lot of the episodes there and you can comment on the posts there. You can also subscribe to us at your podcatcher of choice. Uh, obviously, a lot of people use iTunes. I use Pocket Casts, but there are loads. If you do uh, listen to us through a podcatcher and you like it, if you and you like the show, not the podcatcher, they can deal with their own self-promotion. That's fine. Um, if you do like the podcast, uh, you can always rate and review us on the podcatcher they normally have that option on there that can help put us in front of other people we've also got a page on facebook um and a twitter account it's 2gm pod and uh i think that's us like i said hopefully we'll be back to normal next week um it won't just be me standing in a slowly darkening study uh, able to see the road and hear my dogs faffing around in the background it makes me super tense oh oh by the way uh city skyline think that's the name of the the game really good uh if i'm honest the reason i'm rushing this a little bit that might be the fact that i know that i could get back to sorting out the sewage in my city uh in the next hour might be a contributing factor you probably didn't need to know that anyway thanks for listening listener uh we'll speak to you again next week bye bye (laughs) 